Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. Hey, good morning, friends. It's so good to be with you here at the Little Church in Lakewood Grace Worship for this coming Sunday. Hey, the text for this morning comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through chapter 2, verse 3. Listen now to God's word to you and to me. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers... Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, so... Peter is talking about now that we are Christians, now that you are Christians, now that you are a brand new Christian, there are two things that need to happen. First, we need to learn as a baby coming into a family, we need to learn how to live within that family system. And this is a particular family system. This is a Christian family, and we need to learn how to live with one another, how to live with with our parents and how to live with our brothers and sisters. And then the second thing that needs to happen is we need to grow up. Uh, We can't remain baby Christians and infantile Christians. We have to grow up to become maturing Christians. And so those are the two things that need to happen, and those are the two things that Peter spends time on teaching us how to go about doing that. And in chapter 1, verses twenty. Uh, two and onwards, uh, he says, now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born in you, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living, enduring word of God. The way we learn to live in the Christian family is to love one another deeply from the heart. The way we learn to be a Christian family is to love deeply. The phrase, deeply love one another, is the same phrase that the New Testament gospel writers to use, use to describe the love that Jesus has for us at Gethsemane right before he dies on the cross. What drives him to the cross is his deep love for sinners to redeem them and to rescue them. And that's the love which we are called to 
exercise with one another in the life of this family called the Church of Jesus Christ. But you see, this isn't the love that you and I generate. You and I can't make this happen. This is a love that must come from Christ himself. We receive God's love through Christ and only having been received, having after tasted and seen and experienced God's love are we able to begin emulating, imitating that love to others. And when God's love is absent, bad things begin to happen. You know, I've heard some people say things like, I love Jesus, but not the church. And they say that the church has become an unrecognizable institution, influenced more by pagan practices than the New Testament itself. They say if Jesus were to show up or the Apostle Paul were to show up in this place, they wouldn't even recognize most modern-day churches. They say that the church is filled with hypocrites who are even worse than some people who don't know Jesus. The reality is that the church and her members have been the source of pain and hurt and injury to many. And so these criticisms ring true. And here's the thing about the church, friends. Listen, every single church is messed up because you're messed up. I'm messed up. The church is messed up because it's filled with messed up people like you and me. There is not a single perfect church around. And that's why we need the type of love that only Christ can give, the type of love and the grace that covers all sins and multitude of sins. And unless we have that kind of love, genuine, deep love for one another, churches cannot survive. And the church is a place of grace because without grace, none of us would have a place to stand in God's church. The church is the body of Christ. And here's the thing. If you love Jesus, you must love his church, for we are his body. The identifying mark of the church of Jesus Christ is that we deeply love one another with the same love that Christ loves us. We love not with the love that we generate and we feel on our own. We love with the love that Christ loves us, and we reflect that love to others. Secondly, Peter says, look, it's, you need to figure out how to live with one another in this new Christian family. And the mark of that Christian family is deep, genuine love, the love that Christ has for his church. We are to emulate that. And then secondly, he says, we need to grow up. We can't stay immature and baby infantile Christians. We have to grow up. We are told in chapter 2, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. You see, Peter tells us that the very scriptures, the word of God that gave us new birth is the same word that will renew us, generate us, and grow us. 
Peter told us that the scriptures tell us that the new birth has been granted us a new status. We are obedient sons and daughters of God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. Peter tells us that God has caused us to be born again through his living and abiding word in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23 to 25. And we have responded in obedience to that word in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And that the fruit of this new birth is a new life, a new hope, 1 Peter 1, 3, a new life of holiness, 1 Peter 1, 14, and a life of love for others in 1 Peter 1, 22. Wow, these are amazing things, right? A new identity, a new love, a brand new life, a new hope, holiness, all these things. Wow, there's only one problem. While we may be all these things, how can we keep struggling with the same old stuff over and over? How can we struggle with the same sins we've always struggled with? I thought we were all these fantastic new things. What's going on here? That's a great question. And that's exactly what Peter addresses in verses 1 through 3 in the, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. The very word that saves us is the same word that grows us. Isn't that awesome? The same word that tells us about the salvation of God is the same word that will grow us. God not only saves us through his word, but God grows us through his word so we can love the way God loves his church and the way we're supposed to love one another. The key is God's word. It's absolutely true that God saves us and does for us through his son, Jesus Christ, what we could not do for ourselves, which is to live the perfect life. It's true that God saves us. And how do we know that? Well, the only way we know that is through his word, through God's word. God's word is the instrument God uses to reveal God's self to us, to save us, to grow us, to sustain us. Without God's word, we're toast. We know nothing about God. God's word is essential to the Christian life. It's the same word which God uses not only to give us new birth, but to make us to grow and mature as Christians. God's word is essential to the Christian life. So how does the word of God cause us to grow? There are two things Peter says we need to do in order to grow and mature as Christians there's two things we need to do. One is to rid, strip off, and two is to crave and long for pure spiritual milk. Those are the two things that need to happen. First, we must strip off and rid ourselves of all malice, all guile, all insincerity, envy, and slander, and anything that causes division. The word for rid yourselves literally means, and it, what it pictures is, Someone taking off their clothes, stripping off their clothes. It's things that, that we used to have, the attitudes and the, and the practices that we used to have. We're to rid ourselves of that. We are to strip ourselves of that. Now, the word for rid yourselves is written in the present tense 
imperative. Now, what that means is that it is a command. Imperatives are commands. So we don't have a choice. We have to strip off all these old things from the past. You can't keep building things on on what's just sinful. You've got to take those things off. We've got to strip them off. We've got to take them off. And it's a command. And what the present tense tells us is this is not a one-time activity. This is is an everyday, ongoing, daily, anytime it happens, anytime you realize what's happening, you take it off. You take it off. This is an ongoing until Christ comes again till the day we die. We keep stripping off those things that cause division, those things that cause us sin and pain. And then second thing, after we strip off the old, the second thing that Peter tells us in order to grow is like newborn babies, long for pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up. So God causes us to be born again by his word. And it is God's word which sustains us throughout the time of this exile. And it is God's word which causes us to grow up. Look, if you do not have God's word in your life, you do not have salvation. You do not have Jesus. You do not grow up. This is the key. Without God's word, there is no hope for the Christian. The God who initiated our salvation is the God who initiates and enables our growth. The verb for grow up is written in the passive tense in the Greek. Let me tell you what that means. So the passive tense uh, is something that happens to us. Like I run, that's an active voice. Right? The passive voice uh, refers to something that happens to us. And so the verb for growing up kind of sounds like this. If we were to translate it very woodenly, it would say, long for pure spiritual milk so that you may be caused to grow up. See, see when, it's like telling a baby. If, if you can't tell an infant, grow up. There's nothing the baby can do on the baby's own power to grow up. There's nothing the baby can do. But if you provide that baby with milk, pure milk, mama's milk, if you provide that baby with that, once the baby consumes mama's milk, the baby grows. The baby doesn't do anything But the byproduct of consuming pure spiritual milk is growth. It's the natural byproduct. And what Peter is saying to us is God's word works just like that. In order to mature, you can't tell a brand new baby Christian, grow up. There's nothing in us that can make us do that. But you get yourself around God's word and you can start consuming and digesting God's word in your life and the byproduct of the presence of God's word in your life is spiritual growth and maturity. God's word is what causes us to grow. 
Growth happens to us through his word. God's word saves us. God's word grows us. God's word is the key. Without God's word, we are toast. And the word that we are to crave is pure spiritual milk. So let's look at a baby again. And I wish, you know, if we were at Lakewood Grace, I would ask Mike or Robin to just bring up one of the babies, right? They've got many. So uh, imagine, instead of getting mom's milk or formula, imagine if, God forbid, some parents started giving the baby Kool-Aid. Now, I bet you... the baby would prefer the Kool-Aid over the milk. If you have enough Kool-Aid for a while, milk doesn't taste good anymore. You long for Kool-Aid. And the thing about it is, is immediately it's satisfying. But there's no nutrients there. There's no nourishment there. And eventually... A baby on Kool-Aid instead of milk becomes diseased and eventually dies. Part of the reason why Christians who have been part of a church for whatever, you've been going to church all your life, but you're not growing. In fact, you're becoming diseased and your spirit and your faith is atrophying is because we are drinking the world's Kool-Aid. We're being satisfied momentarily and gratified momentarily by the world's lure. And it's just Kool-Aid. It can't nourish us. It can't sustain us in a pandemic. It can't help us in an exile. It can't help us when things are going to pot. Only God's word can sustain us and give us hope. So it's not just crave for anything that's satisfying. It's craving for God's pure, spiritual, unadulterated, the gospel of Jesus Christ, God's word itself. You get this into you, you're going to grow. You're going to mature. Only God's word can give us salvation. Only God's word can show us who God is. And only God's word can sustain us and help us to grow. God's word is the key. So here are the takeaways for us for this week. We learn to love and become a member of the family of God through genuine love by drinking from God's pure spiritual milk, his word. And since the word of God is essential for both salvation and for maturity and growth, The daily drinking of God's word through personal reading is non-negotiable. If you're a Christian, you got to eat, you got to grow up. And so the daily intake of God's word has to become for you non-negotiable. And then the second thing is the weekly drinking of God's word through the hearing of the proclamation of God's word must become non-negotiable. Those two things are essential for your growth. Your daily intake of God's word and our weekly intake of God's truth 
through hearing God's word proclaimed. So, as we closed our sermon out for today, hey, I want to see you grow. By the time I see you and by the time you see me in person when we start getting together as a church again, I want to see you more mature, more loving, more gracious, more holy, having thrived during this pandemic season, and you ought to expect the same thing from me. And so mutually, if we're spending time with God through his word and weekly through the hearing of the proclamation of God's truth, you and I are going to grow. And that's what I expect of you, and that's what you ought to expect of me. And so I want you to commit just like I am committed to a daily reading of God's word. And if you want tools for that, the best tool is go on the internet and get on YouVersion, Y-O-U, version.com, and you'll find all kinds of daily devotionals and Bible studies that you can do. Daily reading uh, uh, plans and such are all there at YouVersion.com. It is free, and you can download that program, and it'll keep you on track on your daily reading of God's Word. And then the second thing you commit to, folks, is the weekly hearing of God's Word being proclaimed. And when we do that, God gives us new life, God sustains us, and God's Word grows us. All right, let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks so much for this day. For you are an amazing God. You not only save us, but you've got a plan to grow us. Thank you, God. And you've already given to us everything we need, not only to be saved, but to grow. It's your word. And how stupid are we if we neglect the very thing that saves us and that can grow us. So God, forgive us. Forgive us for the times that we are not diligent and intentional about spending time in your word. Lord, help your church to commit to these two things. A daily reading. What can go wrong with that? What's so? There's nothing bad that can happen from a daily reading of your word and a weekly commitment to hear your word proclaimed. Lord, we trust you. I long for the day when the little church and Lake of Grace can get back together and we can start giving each other hugs and, and see each other in person. And that day will come. And when that day does come, God, it would, what, a, what a shame it would be for us to be atrophied, diseased, people. You want us to thrive and grow up during this season, and you've given us everything that we need to grow up. It's your word. So help us to consume it. Help us to crave for it, long for it, and taste and see that indeed you are good. Hey, friends, if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's where this whole journey begins. And if you've never done that, I want to invite you to receive Jesus and to start your journey of life of faith. And the way you do that is to say in your own words something like this, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins. 
and I now choose to follow you. And if you've chosen to do that, the second thing you need is to start growing up and be a part of God's family and learn how to be a part of that. And we would love to be in that journey with you. And so if that's you and you're watching and you just did that, I want you to use the comment cards and let us know and we'll contact you and we'll, we'll share with you how we can become a part of God's family. Now for the rest of our church, God, hey, Man, you've given us the word. We have no excuse. There is no excuse for us not to have daily engagement with you and your word. There is no excuse why we ought not have a weekly hearing of the proclamation of God's word. So God, may your church commit to that. And Lord, I'm holding you accountable now. As your church drinks of, consumes your word, Lord, make the little church, make Lakewood Grace thrive during this season. Even during the pandemic, make the church thrive in making new Christians and growing faithful Christians. That's what you promised. So we're going to consume and drink and crave and taste that you are good. But in return, God, grow your saints. Grow your church. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com slash connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.